Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 31 here on April 7th, 2021. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle, the president of the American Energy Alliance, and... And I'm Mike McKenna, your co-hostess for all you hip cats and kids out there. <laughs> well, did you have a good Easter? Uh, I did. Um, our Lord rose from the dead again and um, changed changed the fundamentals of all human history, as I think I noted in a column I wrote about it. And um, Joe Biden managed to get through an entire seven-minute Easter message on video without mentioning Jesus or the resurrection, yes. which I'm like, I, I don't even know how he could do it. That's hard. But also, just be grateful he strung the sentences together somewhat coherently. Let's not—I mean, you're asking a whole lot here. So, so about, I don't know, 15 years ago, whenever Tony Blair was around, right, 15, 20 years ago, Tony Blair, um, in his Easter message, said that the message of Easter was kindness and patience and love and getting together with everybody. I'm just like, no, Tony, the message of Easter was that Christ destroyed death by rising from the dead. And you can agree with that or not agree with it or believe it or not believe in it, but that's the damn message. Yeah, that is the fundamental And, and when I was listening to the president, he wandered off into vaccines and blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'm just like, this is the banality of post-Christian thought in America, right? Bumbling Biden. Yeah. we got to come up with a new name. For, for He's a very religious man, I'm, I'm told. He's, a, He's, He's got, got a rosary. rosary He's got a rosary pocket. in his pocket. So that's, a rosary in his that's pocket. All need, that's all you, you know, need. For a guy do. who's got a rosary in his pocket and go to mass, he has a remarkably limited grasp on what Roman Catholic doctrine actually is. I mean that in the very best way. And I certainly hope one day President Biden comes back to the church. We miss him. All right. Uh, where should we start? A uh, lot, lot's been going on. We already started. We started on Easter. <laughs> should we get into the all-star deal? Yeah, we, you're gonna, so we might as well. All right. Um, I got a few things to set this up. First of all... Um, there's a there's a continuing controversy in the uh, in the Biden administration about what Joe said versus what he meant. Um, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of these cleanup moments. Let me start with what he said, and then uh, we'll hear from his uh, press secretary about what he actually meant. Here we go. I so I think we should move in that direction. I'd like to switch gears quickly, Mr. President. Sports and politics cross paths sometimes. That's exactly what happened last week in Major League Baseball. Tony Clark is the executive director of the Major League Baseball Players Association. He said he would, quote, look forward to discussing moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta because Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed into law a bill passed by the Republican-led state legislature to overhaul how its state elections are run. So, Mr. President, what do you think about the possibility that baseball decides to move their All-Star game out of Atlanta because of this political issue? I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them, they're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. What it's all about. Imagine passing a law saying you cannot provide water or food for someone standing in line to vote. Can't do that? Come on. Or you're going to close a polling place at 5 o'clock when working people just get off? This is all about keeping working folks in, 
ordinary folks that I grew up with from being able to vote. If they do decide to move the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, it won't be the first time in professional sports they moved the 2017 uh, NBA All-Star Game out of Charlotte for political reasons as well. All right. Um, so that's what he said. And this was a part of a longer interview on ESPN where um, he dusted off some of his infrastructure talking points. Mm. It was a long rambler. It's about 11 minutes long. I will um, I'll put it in the show notes. But I want to uh, also now uh, turn to, well... I guess he really didn't. It was pretty clear to me what he said, but uh, there's a there's a, a different interpretation of that. Here it comes. So he was not dictating uh, for what Major League Baseball uh, should do that that they should dictating they should move the All Star Game. Uh, that is was their decision. They made that decision, and as he stated earlier, he certainly supports that. So we've not uh, not asked corporations to take specific actions. That's not uh, our focus here. Our focus is on and continuing to convey that it's important that voting is easier, not harder, uh, that when there are laws in place that make it harder, we certainly express an opposition to those laws. And we all believe private sector entities are going to make decisions, and that's their uh, their role to do so. Uh, what I'm conveying, what I can speak to is what our focus is on and what our role is here from the White House and what his energies will be directed toward, which is... Okay, so he didn't really... Yeah, um, he yeah. was, you know, he really didn't say, yeah, you should definitely walk out on this thing. Um, Jim Crow on steroids and yeah, uh, all kinds of other interesting it, it, so that, descriptions that, of the voter law. There's a couple things going on here. First of all, the actual law itself in Georgia. But the subject matter, of course, is the decision to move the All-Star game to Colorado. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, is that, I mean, there's so much going on, but let's just make it simple. <laughs> there is a lot here. Let's make that. it simple. First off, the president um, was ill-served by his staff, right? They shouldn't have let him into an interview where he obviously had no idea what the question was going to be, right? And he had to figure it out on his own on the fly. He's not capable of that anymore. Um, you know, so he got a bunch of stuff wrong. Let's just go through that real quick, right? Um Polls don't close at five o'clock, right? Georgia's a seven to seven state, still is a seven to seven state. So let's be charitable and call that an inaccuracy, not a lie, okay? Um, then the other thing he got wrong was like, he said, hey, like they're doing in Georgia and 40 other states, four zero other states. Yeah. I've um, heard that in a couple of times already. I want to say there probably aren't more than seven or eight states that are actually engaged in, in ballot integrity efforts right now, right? So so I don't know where that 40 came from, and my guess is neither do they, which is why they don't want to talk too much about what he said. Uh, and then the the line warming stuff, right? The Can you give bottles of water? You can give bottles of water if you want. What you can't do is politic within 100 feet of the polling place, which, which is, is pretty a, common everywhere. I don't know about everywhere, common everywhere I've ever voted. Right. And I, you know, I voted in, I used to vote in Philadelphia, right, in the River Wards in the 27th, right? So... I'm I'm used to and, and also like the the whole thing conjures up this image of like this sweltering yeah hot day with a line like a mile and a half away and people like right and and you know like the, the line their warming. lips are like parched and they're just yeah. they're dying for water I so mean, so the line warming thing is worth knowing right um for years um for years union guys. And when I say for years, I mean back before we were born, right? Union guys used to line, you know, used to line warm, right? But they'd have they'd have guys with union regalia insignias on, and they would pass out sandwiches and booze, and sometimes cash and um, cigarettes, cigarettes, right? Anything. 
Um, that tradition carries on through to the present day, except it's water and food usually, right? But this time it's run mostly by environmentalists or other folks in the Democratic constituency. And that's totally cool, but clearly in violation of the politicking thing. The Georgia law made that clearer. That's all. And then the last thing about Jim Crow on steroids, you know, the if he really thinks that, and let's just assume he does, um, he really has a very sanitized version of what Jim Crow was. So, Long story short is if, if he thinks it's really Jim Crow on steroids, he needs to go back and relearn some of his history, it, especially being from Delaware, which was, in fact, a slave state um, both yeah, I, before I th- and after the— I think that this whole thing is indicative of, of a couple of—that part of it is indicative of the fact that uh, words—it really does demean— <laughs> Yeah. And diminish those who sure. did suffer under Jim sure. Crow. Sure. And it also shows just what complete lack of historical context we all yeah. have about everything now and trivialize well, those events in the past right. for, for the sake of a talking point. Sure. So, you know, the funny thing is, and to give you some indication of how it's playing out in Peoria, after Major League Baseball did what they did, Democrats who had either been silent or in favor of it ran like scalded dogs from it. All were like, no, 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 that's not what we wanted to have happen. Too, too late. The other thing that I find really interesting. Well, can is, I, can yeah, I sure. comment on that for yeah, a second? Sure. Because I've thought a lot about this. Uh, obviously, it's really, it's the first time I've concerned myself with sports intervening in politics uh, in a while because I could care less about NFL or NBA at this point. I, I said this to you and a friend. I don't understand if, I don't know if Manfred is an idiot or a genius for the decision to swiftly. Yeah move it out of Atlanta. Why? Because this would have been a perfect opportunity for the perpetuation of the narrative. Yeah. Right? Where these groups got the best of both worlds, right? The thing was actually going to be in Georgia still, so the economic, you know, uh, advantages for for Atlanta, but at the same time they could use it as a platform. Sure. To to shout on the mountaintop and do all the you know manufacture sure. all the stuff that they were going to manufacture. So I I just don't know whether Manfred you know uh, was like I'm going to rip this bandaid off right now and get it out of here, uh, so that I'm not subject to all this extortion mm-hmm. from these organizations and from the Stacey Abrams of the world, or he's just an idiot who was at a cocktail party and all his friends were like, dude, you got to you got to do something here and uh, otherwise you can't keep coming to the parties. I don't know which one it yeah, is. He's an idiot is the answer. Um, <laughs> let me just let me just make that simple for you. Um because if it were if it were that he didn't want to get extorted, he would have been a lot clearer about that in his walkout statement. He would have just said, "Look, um we don't want to be any part of this political show." And so we're going to exit and go someplace else. And we're going to let the Georgians figure out what the Georgians want to do. Okay. So that's smart. Uh, Uh, Would have been smarter to do it that way instead of trying to get credit for it. Right. uh, Amongst the woke community. Right. You can't. Okay. So the the, the interesting thing about this is not that, not that um, Major League Baseball was craving a, you know, any, any organization that's run by its own union is going to be um, problematic. Right. Um, And, you know, they sell the product they're selling is performance on the field. So, right. you know, to be expected. Um, and it's not that, you know, you're going to have a predictable drop in major league attendance and interest, right? You're going to, as soon as they, you know, it's a good thing that they, that the um, stadiums are not at full capacity because right. eh. they're going to absorb what have been the drop off yeah, because yeah, yeah. of COVID. That's right. It'll, it'll be difficult to tease out of the numbers for a couple, three yep. years. Two interesting things about it happen like bang, bang, right? One is Brian Kemp um, didn't back down. No. Uh, well, you say no, like he, like, like that's 
not notable, right? Let me. I mean, they're yeah. in this mess because he backed down the first time. Yeah, around, yeah, yeah. I in, get it. In but, some aspects, but but a hundred times out of a hundred, the Republican office holder backs down. They say, "Oh, we're really sorry that we're a bunch of racists, and we're really um, sorry that we're apparently um, unreconstructed racist." And you know, please forgive us. And Kemp didn't do that at all. Kemp was like, "Hey, um, here's your hat." And please don't let the door hit your ass on the way out, right? Um, and that was followed the next day by Greg Abbott in Texas when he got asked to throw out the first pitch, or maybe he'd already been asked to throw out the first pitch said, for the Rangers, right? He said, yeah, I'm not going to do anything involving Major League Baseball. Um, it, it, it coupled with the DeSantis... Um, 60 minutes oh, interview. Oh, I was going to bring up. I was going to bring that up later, but well, sure, we can talk about it. Put it together, it. right? Those three things happened more or less right on top of each yeah. other, and it was the first time in my life, literally in my life, that I can remember Republicans anywhere refusing to play along with their role in this Kabuki thing, right? Where you know you're supposed to, like in a normal world, Kemp would have apologized for being uh, an unreconstructed racist um, and begged forgiveness. Greg Abbott would have gone and thrown out the first pitch like nothing happened. And DeSantis would have said, well, you know, I don't think 60 Minutes got it quite right instead of just saying they're a bunch of liars and they do what they do, okay, right? So what is that What is that a, 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 a phenomenon, a post-Trump phenomenon? Yes. Or... Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, is that where I, we were yes. going with this? Yeah. Oh, oh I, that's not where I was going with it, but... No, but... I'm, I'm asking what what yes. do you think is yes. is is part of yeah, this new yeah absolutely you know it's Trump and everybody um, and and you know I have mixed feelings about the guy but the the simple reality is that once you've seen it it can't be unseen right sure and 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 he he for five years we all watched it right he's just like yeah, I'm not you know my first step. His first step was always forward, never backwards. So I want to I want to come back to this because I'm not done with this. But you wandered into another subject. Stumbled, stumbled, wandered, staggered, meandered, careened, headed on in. Um, there is a, a memo that was sent to McCarthy from the head of the Republican mm. Study Committee. Yeah, Jim Banks. Yeah, Jim Banks. And in it, he in essence says that uh, the president Trump's gift did not come with a receipt. Yeah. You know, I read that sentence three times. I'm like, it wasn't written very well. Yeah. But the, the, the thrust of it is, is that uh, we are in, we, as you know, both parties are in this transformation, which we've discussed and that it's about time for us to pull away from the corporate community and to call them out uh, and to use that to our advantage in continuing to woo and bring in the working class uh, to, to sort of continue this, sh this shift. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three, that three things struck me about that. Right. Um, um, one is something I'm worried about. Right. Um, and that is an unnecessary hostility towards the business community. You know, Tom Cotton got it right. Tom Cotton got asked by somebody on Sunday shows, which I never watch, um, but I was up because it was Easter and I was watching it. Or maybe I was watching it late at night. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Cotton got asked about, you know, what Delta and, and Coca-Cola, right? 
And Cotton says, you know, the good news is I don't represent those guys. I represent the voters of, you know, Arkansas. Yeah. Um, and I thought that's right. It's not that it's not that we're hostile to them. It's it's that, you know, you're a citizen. Like we're going to represent citizens. We're not going to represent businesses uh, anymore. So so, but I worry about the hostility part of it. And the party needs to be careful about that. The second thing is is when I read that Banks memo, I had a a very strong feeling after his um, first campaign season in what is now Great Britain or is now the um, Britain right as Julius Caesar um, collected collected his troops. Go ahead. No, we're going way back, folks. Just, collected, uh, just buckle up. Collected his troops on the seashore and lit his boats on fire. Um, and this was, you know, September-ish, October-ish, I think. Um, winter was coming on. And it was a very clear message to we're the, finishing the this troops. Now. Yeah, that we're here, right? We're we are we are not going back to Gaul for the winter. We are staying here for the winter and we are taking this land. Perhaps not coincidentally, fifteen hundred and fifty odd years later, the great Spanish conquistador Hernando Cortez, right, did the same thing, more or less. He got he got ashore, he emptied his boats out, he lit them on fire and said, We are not going back to Spain. We are going to take Mexico City, what's now Mexico City or we are going to die trying. That Banks memo has that same burn the boats kind of flavor to it, right? If you were a less educated person, right? It have the same flavor to it. Um, another thing I, I thought about it, and, and I actually know the person who wrote the memo, it, it's good, but it's not great, right? It needs um, just a little sharpening. Like it has immigration and trade on there, but it doesn't explain why those are important to working people. Yeah, I, I get all of that. I just I, I do think, though, that this is a clear sort of we, you know, we're not a moment. Yeah, it's a clear moment. And and I didn't think about the other events. I didn't tie 60 minutes into it. I think DeSantis has always sort of been there. He's, he's chippy. Um, I like him. He's he's got he's got a little he's got a little you know, he's got a little chippiness to him. So but I do agree that um, there's definitely a a a, a a stand being taken. I also think that it's perfectly okay for us to mock these corporations. Sure. I mean, it, it's just when when was it that they had to have a co- to comment about all this, especially baseball? And I want to get back to it now because there's so much you can unpack with this. Yeah. Like there's a there's a fun little uh, piece in the National Review, which I'll put in the show notes, that talks about um, MLB's. <laughs> checkered history with the integrity of their all-star balloting. Yeah, I, I read that. I thought, and, and you know, the, the funny thing they is stuffed the, those ballot boxes been stuffed. Every, every baseball fan. No, no, it's the vote. Every baseball fan knows joke. it. And they keep, and they've changed, they've had to change the process three or four yeah. times just in and the last keep, 30 years. And, and yeah. it, it keeps getting worse, not better. Right. They yeah. had, uh, one year, I think they had nine Royals or something. It, Eight it, Kansas well, City Royals who had the most votes. But everybody who's been to any game, any game between like game number 30 and the All-Star game knows that an announcer calls out twice, at least twice during the game, fill out your All-Star ballots. Punch your, punch your punch, cards. Punch for all your and favorite you nationals. stuff that was hacked yeah, like within it, 20 it, minutes it. of being put up. So that's funny. It is the, funny. The thing that's not so funny is – the well, the thing that's equally amusing, anyway, is Denver is one of the whitest cities. I mean, you know, I mean there's nothing, I, at, you know, massively ethnic, 
ethnically diverse about Denver and Boulder and the, those little. Oh, actually, you know, can I can I push back on that just a tiny? Sure. Bit? Yeah. So the thing about Colorado is, Denver is that um, it's whiter than Atlanta, right? <laughs> but 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 more interestingly, its predominant minority is Hispanic, of course. Yeah. Right. And if you think about baseball, not. Baseball from the 1960s, but baseball as we play it now, the um, predominant minority in Major League Baseball, and I right. guarantee South, in the minor Central leagues too. And South America, of course, of course, right. and and so in a way, it in a way it fits the um, the demographic a lot better, right? It matches the demographic on the field with the one in the stands from a election integrity point of view. The only difference between the two election regimes is. Colorado mails ballots to everybody, and in, yeah. in Georgia you have to ask. For there ballot. are some differences, and and That's the it. New York Times dedicated an entire article to trying to debunk the quote unquote Republican talking point <laughs> that there is no difference between the the fact that they have voter ID. It's a soft vote. They literally use the word soft voter ID to describe Colorado's election laws. And and the funny other funny thing is the New York Post went out of its way to say. Yeah. The MLB just yeah. <laughs> there's no difference between it, it, Georgia and Colorado. There's no visible right? difference, right? It, it <laughs> it's it's it, uh, and the interesting thing about that about the whole media thing is it's all centered around voter ID. And let me circle let me cycle back, circle back. Let me ci circle back to what circle back, circle back. We talked about last week, right? Where our friends from our friends from uh, uh the right, right, we're getting a presentation about this polling from some some child um you know, who's hired by people who should know better, who said, ah, oh, there's nothing we can do on this issue. And and I pointed out at the time, and you pointed it out too, voter ID is overwhelmingly popular. It's like a three to it's a, it's like a three to one deal, right? It's seventy five, twenty five deal when you do polling on it. Um everybody's got it. And I, I've been watching the media and they've all led with voter ID. Yeah. And I have no idea what soft voter ID is. Voter ID, voter yeah, ID. Yeah, well, you can bring a picture of your, your work. Or utility bill. You can bring your utility bill. You can bring a work picture of your work ID. Yeah. Right? You don't have to have your driver's license. That's an ID. That's soft. That's soft. By Look, the, let by me the... give you two anecdotes. One, I went to Apple <laughs> yeah. a couple months ago. That went a lot to of me. You went store. to Apple twice this week already. No, probably. I didn't. I went to the Apple store to pick up a charger. I ordered it online, and I was going to be around there yeah. to pick up some uh, delicious sourdough bread at a bake joint. And no, I'm not getting... Uh, you know, money for that for that plug. I walked in. I said, "Oh man, I left my license at home." Yeah, I had a temporary license card. Yeah, sure. Because I remember Halloween, I lost my license. I still had the temporary license card. Yeah. The guy gave me the runaround for like twenty minutes. I'm like, dude, here's the receipt on my phone. Here are pictures of me in my photos. Here's a piece of paper from the Maryland DMV that says. This is who I am, and you can't, you can't give me this charger because you I have to show my I, my my driver's license to you. This Seriously. is the Apple store. This, this, this. So I'm waiting for Apple to weigh in on this. First of all, secondly, I showed up at the voting booth one one year. It wasn't this year. It was a, a different year, and and I'll never forget this. It was hilarious. I was literally I literally reached into my wallet, my pocket to pull my wallet out, to take my ID out to show the guy. He's like, oh, stop right there. We do not need to see that here, sir. No. <laughs> Just give me your name, right? Like he was so proud. So, he so, was so proud. So anxious so. to let you know. You know now, have you been to Will Call? 
Yeah, man. Got At a baseball game. What do you got to show okay. in order to get right. your tickets? I'll, I'll tell you a story about Will Call. What do you got to show in order to you get, get your tickets? You got to show your license. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Will Call, and it was at a hockey game. Um, but give you some idea of the world. Uh, I was. This was five, six years ago. I had some tickets left for me, and I gave my license. And they, they said, would it be under any other name? I'm like, I don't know, whatever, right? So my license is Michael McKenna, right? You want to know what name it was under? And they Mike. Mike. They wound up having to call a supervisor over. And I had to explain to him who had left the tickets and where I was going. Any place else in America, they would have just been like, That's close hey, enough. your tickets, right? Yeah. I mean, who the hell is going to come in and say something like that? Yeah. The other thing, soft ID. Uh, we're we're me and a friend of mine who whose name I'll mention in a second are are coming back from a business trip and I think it's, it's I want to say Kansas City but I'm not sure Kansas City is the right answer I I see the airport in my head he left his license at home he didn't have his license mm-hmm. with him and I thought there's no way he's getting on this plane right um, and it he it's Jim Lucier right and Jimmy has done this before and sure's your foot high um, we wait till everybody else has cleared um, the the magnetometers right. And TSA, like, you know, who are you? What do you do? They pull him aside. They make his life difficult for a couple seconds. And then they put him on the plane. And I thought, okay, so maybe this system isn't as bulletproof yeah. as I thought it was. So it's the, the point is, it's Swiss cheesy. So that's why it's soft ID. When you go to buy a gun in Virginia, um, you have to have some proof that you live where you say you live. Utility bill they accept, yeah. right? Anyway. All right. So I want to I want to wrap this up. There's a... So no, this we're going to talk about this for a long time. This is a mistake, a big mistake by Rob Manfred, a big one. Yeah, for man. them to weigh the MLB into this, uh, in part because there is a con- uh, a compact with the American people yeah. for the, for Major League Baseball. And and already there have been some Republican senators who have introduced legislation to get rid of their antitrust exemption. Yeah. There have got to be some owners who are not happy about this, including the Atlanta Braves, by the way, who made a statement saying that this was a big disappointment. I, I, what do you mean? Are you telling the, me? The uh, owner of the Braves. I thought the Atlanta Braves were going to leave Atlanta. How can they? No, no. How I can they play that. under the Jim Crow on steroids hear, laws? Are you serious? Yeah. How could the? How in the world could Major League Baseball allow other games to go on in Atlanta? I don't I, understand I, that. I don't see it either. I don't see it either. I, and in fact, and I, I'm still going to get to this, but there's another clip I want to play. I'm announcing, I'm because announcing a this coalition. this ties right into the slippery slope that you're describing. Yeah. Here it is from Mr. Mr. President Biden. I think the Masters golf tournament should be moved out of Georgia. I think that's up to the, uh, the Masters. Look, uh, you know... Um, <laughs> It is reassuring to see that uh, for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. There's another side to it, too. Okay. The other side to it, too, is when they, in fact, move out of Georgia, the people... Okay, so he went on to say oh, the the poor people suffer as a result. Thank but you, thank you for putting us out of our misery <laughs> there. there. Gonna, it, he, it, it, I would ask this question every single time. I would ask companies, "Why aren't you moving out of X, Y, or Z, or A, well, B?" Or, I would just, it, I would take this 
all the way. Of I would course. run the string out. Of course. And, you know, it, this is a theme you and I have been working for, for five or six months now, right? And that is that the times bring forth the people, right? Um, some young or maybe old Republican is going to see this as a moment and is going to understand that an administration that wants the all-star game out of Atlanta has to have the Olympics out of China in 2022. Oh, yeah. That is where, you know, what, what the president has done intentionally or unintentionally is framed, done something we couldn't, we've been trying to do and couldn't do. He has framed the boycott in 2022 for us, right? Of course. Um, and China's already warning. Of course. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Quote, unquote, warning you the know, United States. I, I'm warning you not to pull out of the Olympic Games. Whatever. You know, you're you're now looking at a cert, at a situation where, companies sponsors of the chinese olympics um as as i'm so annoyed because a guy in the washington post fred hyatt who's a long time foreign reporter from both tokyo and china and russia and is now an occasional columnist for the post i'm so annoyed because he had the post he, or the times the post, post he wrote the best um column on basically what a bunch of murderous um regime, what a murderous regime the Chinese communists are. And the title of it, the Genocide Olympics. Wow. Right? Yeah. In the Washington Post. And 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 first off, I'm completely annoyed that I had never thought of that title because that's awesome, right? And then second is, now that the president has framed it this way, he's going to spend the next 18 months um, answering, well, next 12 months answering questions if about that. If I were that. like, you know, Fox Newsy type Reporters, every day, I would be every happy day. to. I mean, I, I'm every day. I'm reminding Americans on my Twitter feed that it has now been 75 days since right. and, President and Biden issued the order to it, kill the Keystone Pipeline, and still no union jobs. That's for right. Those workers. And you think about. But I'm going to get to that in a little and bit. And you think about these guys who are in bed with the with the Communist Chinese, right? Including Delta and Coca Cola, and Nike. There was now on the logo. Yeah, they're of, they're they're of MLB, all... and I, I. This is what I was concerned about. Yeah, of them letting that, yeah, letting man. the corporate logo slip onto they, the uniforms. They're all they're all going to be collateral damage because questions about their sponsorship are going to come open right away. And, and I, you know, it's a great in a way. Nobody wants to think about it this way. The president gave us a great gift. I couldn't care less where the All Star games played. I really couldn't. But I've stopped watching the All Star Game. Yeah, and I was going to say, a huge who watches baseball it? Fan. So that tells you a lot, right there. This is going to end up both hamstringing and defining this presidency. Maybe the end game on all of this yeah, yeah. with China. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, look, Trump's administration, Trump's regime, Trump's term is going to be defined by China, by the Abraham Accords. And by um, his general sense of, you know, America's turned a page from the post-world order, both internally and externally, right? President Biden is the first guy who's going to get measured against that stick, and it's going to be tricky for him, I think. All right. To wrap up MLB <laughs> and talk everything for else. today, yeah. Wall Street Journal today, yeah. Faye Vincent, mm. Rob Manfred's all-star error. Yeah. I was waiting, waiting, waiting. For something like this uh and he did it uh basically he just said that mlb decided last week to move the game out um georgia legislature passed changes to the state's laws including biden calling called racist activists urged manfred to punish georgia by rushing to do so without first protesting the substance of the law yeah i mean yeah, mr manfred made a serious mistake 
The use of muscle or financial power to influence policy is an ancient tactic. And he goes on to talk about boycott, etc., boycotts. The talk shows and editorial pages are full of questions. What is the basis for acting so forcefully against Georgia? If Georgia is racist, how can baseball talk of doing business with China? Mr. Manfred failed to spell out specific criticisms of Georgia's voting law. Now he's put himself in the awkward position of having to defend Colorado's voting laws. Yeah. During my time as commissioner, I learned that the American people view baseball as a public trust. Hmm? They want the game to stand for the best and noblest of our national virtues. They see baseball as a repository of their dreams, even as they root for their favorite teams. They don't want and don't and won't accept anything that separates them from the game's history and leadership. Yeah. The the you know the, okay well, commissioner bunch, he was commissioner before Bud Selig sure 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 eighty nine to ninety two short lived yeah okay whoever thought you'd miss Bowie Kuhn right um that's one two the other thing that's interesting about that I read that he keeps referring to him as Mister now not commissioner not commissioner now it could be the Wall Street Journal's got a paper um their their, their style their style guide says hey first time up you use the title rest of the time you use Mister but you think a former commissioner would either resist the style guy push, you know, push it back or would say, just start saying, okay, you know what? I'm just going to call him the commissioner. The fact that he calls him Mr. Manfred tells you it's a little contemptuous shot at him, right? It, you know, I'm not even going to use your title. Um, you know, and, and like I said, could be a style guy thing. Doesn't matter. There are ways around that. Let me play the clo- Let me read the close. The situation calls into mind the 2006 Duke lacrosse case mm-hmm. when many aired like Mr. Manfred has here. By leaping to a conclusion based on presumptions rather than carefully considered facts, I've done the same thing to my regret. regret. Much rides on Mr. Manfred's shoulders, so he must be prudent. Perhaps he now sees how complicated these issues can become. I wish him well. Famous, uh, that's what Trump <laughs> Trump says a lot. To, Other than to, that, have a happy Easter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think this cost Manfred his job eventually. Uh, no, it, 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 contract he, negotiations are coming he's, up. He's I got, don't think he, this strengthens his hand. In no, those. he's got no. Of course not. He's got whatever he's got. He's got thirty-two bosses, right? Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna make their decisions on him. I, I, I wouldn't trade places, right? All right, so uh, we will continue this discussion. No, uh, we won't. We're not. No, point. we will not. But not today. Not right now. Uh, you want to talk a little infrastructure? Um, according to Kristen Gillibrand. <laughs> Infrast- what, what is infrastructure? Oh, like you know, childcare is infrastructure. Pay is in pay increases are infrastructure. <laughs> this it was is a, a third recent thing. Twitter feed, which we'll include yeah, in the notes. Yeah, it was too. It was too hysterical for words, and um, and uh, uh, everybody has been mocking it from Doug Andres to you know Doug Andres is like, am I infrastructure? Uh, can I be infrastructure? <laughs> and Ben. Uh, Ben, ben Dominich has the the line the, the uh, line of the century. The line of, of, of brunches infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Caribbean vacation is infrastructure. You know these these people. Uh, this infrastructure thing has gotten to be crazy. I mean, you just you want to toss a bunch of money out. You can you can do it. You get reconciliation, but you shouldn't have to like make us all like go along for this stupid ride you you want to go on. Okay, let me let me actually read something, believe it or not, from Politico Pro, Politico's paid subscription letter from the editor. We should pro- probably stop calling it an infrastructure plan. President Joe Biden's 2.3 trillion dollar proposal is more like a 21st century new deal. 
going well beyond bridges, airports, and broadband to fund everything from Medicaid for home health care workers to studying racial barriers in climate change. The plan is audacious, but also reads like a liberal wish list for everything the left has wanted for the past decade. And there's already come other withering criticisms from Republicans as a socialist dream. Yeah, I mean, it's got, you know, I haven't gone through Yellen's, um, Secretary Yellen's tax um, plan yet. Senate Finance Committee guys want to basically re-rack the entire um, international trade regime. I think Yellen does too. Um, Senate Finance um, put out their paper yesterday, day before maybe. Um, it's worth a read. There's going to be blood all over the all over the tax side of this thing, um, and and um, you know the president promised he wasn't going to raise taxes on anybody making less than four hundred thousand. That's already out the window, right? Because um, federal, you know, the corporate tax rate goes right through as a as a direct pass through on utility bills, right? So, bang, everybody who everybody who pays a utility bill, most of whom I assume make less than four hundred thousand, are going to see an, a tax increase. Um, and, you know, we, we obviously have made the case that about 70 percent, there's a lot of academic research, about 70 percent of, of corporate tax um, gets wound up getting paid by either workers or consumers, right, in either lower wages or higher costs, um, so higher priced. So, um, you know, no doubt everyone's going to get pierced by this thing. Um, but it um, has a shot because the Senate parliamentarian uh, said that the Democrats could use multiple yeah. reconciliations. Yeah, and you know, the, the, here's the thing, right? This is this is kind of what bothers me about folks, um, human beings in general. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they you know, there's a lot of outrage over stuff that you don't understand instead of trying to understand it first, and then being outraged. There's plenty of time for outrage. Um, Senate parliamentarians, right? You know, four reconciliations available to the Democrats this year. They've used one. They have three left, right? Mm -hmm. She says, hey, you have at least two. She's reserving that last one, right, the the budget, uh, the front budget um, reconciliation, right, for 23, for FY23. It's, it's, this is not like a great big giant huge surprise. I mean, I get everybody's annoyed about it, but it's not a great big giant huge surprise. And anybody who is reading my monthly notes – I literally wrote about this in January. I literally wrote in January that this was how this was going to go because you could just see right away these guys are going to overreach on all the policy stuff, which if you've read the Clean Future Act, they have. And they were going to be reduced to just being about taxing and spending, and that's that. And here we are. And I, I don't – So in the end, it goes back to the same old playbook. Yeah, man. Tax and spend, Democrats. It, it, it's tax and spend, Democrats. Let's put it this way: I think now that we've seen Senate Finance Democrat, Senate um, the Democrats on the Senate Finance Committee, now that we've seen what they want to do on taxes, and now that we've seen what Secretary Yellen wants to do, and I'm assuming there's it doesn't diverge too much from what I've read in the media, we now understand why Joe Biden has severed this package, right? He sent the popular stuff forward first, the stuff that's all about the money first, the taxing and the spending. And all that other stuff is going to happen next, right? He's going to bring up this other package next. And all the other stuff is going to be the stuff he doesn't care about. Yeah, he's not going to – doesn't care. And if you're, if you're the president or if you're a senator, this is a good outcome for you because you don't have to go after the filibuster directly. You can get about 85% of what you want through reconciliation. And all that stuff you don't want to vote on, H.R. 1, the Equality Act, the PRO Act, statehood for D.C., all that stuff that's going to cost you your actual your seat, going to cost you being a United States senator, 
you never have to worry about voting on it because that stuff filibuster will hold for. And it goes to my underlying theory of the world, which I'm happy to repeat again, and that is the filibuster doesn't help citizens. The filibuster helps senators. That's why it's there. It's not there to help citizens. It's there to help senators. It helps them avoid ugly votes they don't want to take. Uh, Lyft and Amazon both came out in, in support of the 28% Amazon, tax what the hell? Increase. Amazon doesn't care. They don't pay taxes. But here's my question. Nothing's stopping anybody. They can be for So just pay it. Pay just 20. pay more. You're not, you are under this system. You are, you are free to give the government as much money as you want and they will take it. Yeah. That's a, that's a Grover Norquist thing, right? If you want to, if you want to send it in, we should put a little line on there. There's a line on, on personal taxes. I don't know about corporate. There's a line on the personal stuff. Hey, you want to give me more money to the feds? Here's your line. Hard to take this stuff seriously, right? I mean, it, it, you get a guy whose effective tax rate is zero, whose corporate effective tax rate is zero. Yeah. Who's like, yeah, I'm in favor of increasing the corporate tax rate of of course you are. You know how to game the system. You don't care. Um, the other part that makes me crack up a little bit is Biden, uh, the president wants to impose, wants to everybody, wants everyone to agree on a global minimum corporate tax, right? Right. So people don't yeah. compete on a tax basis. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so you think about what they did with the, with the states on the um, stimulus, right? Where they prevented them from cutting taxes using the stimulus money. Which is being adjudicated. Right? Yeah, I, Yellen I, has softened on that already. I, I, I hope I the states win. So. I hope the states win. But that was a specific attempt to lock us all into a tax prison in here in of this course. Case. It's not Well, it's again, it's to is to reward bad governments, bad it, state governments, blue states essentially. It, yeah, but I don't even care about that. And the penalized red states. It, it, I don't even care about that. It's to make sure that States can't compete on the basis of taxes. Yeah. And now they want to make sure that countries can't compete on the basis of taxes. Secretary Yellen said something ridiculous today. She goes, we're going to fight the global temptation to have a race to the bottom on global corporate taxation. <laughs> Which I'm is like, actually the opposite. It should be the opposite. I'm like, yeah. what the hell are you talking yeah. about? It's, but this is the mindset. It is the guys. mindset. It's the whole- It is the mindset. It, and it's across the board. It's Trudeau. It's, it's Boris. It's Bojo. I mean, look what happened to him, right? These guys are all in on this big, Marxist, big racket. You know, Marxists build walls to keep people in, and it looks like the Biden administration is going to build tax walls to keep people yeah. and, in. And actual, keep actual in. border walls. Uh, there is a... <laughs> hey, it turns out... <laughs> turns turns out, out they're actually going to build the wall after all. Turns out the walls do keep people yeah. in. I, I, I'm looking forward to the first reporter to say, so what you're saying is walls do keep people out? <laughs> Because for 40 years, you've been telling us it doesn't keep people out. So you always need to pick a message and stay on it. Anyway, the, the, that's a really wide-ranging thing we just did. But long story short is they're going to get some taxes. They're going to get some spending. I don't think it's going to be $3 trillion, but it's going to be a lot. Well, in the rush to sell this um, – by the way, did you see the – did you see, did you see Pothole Pete's – publicity stunt with his bicycle that stupid bike yeah i did oh man he is just the literally he is another one of the gifts that keep on giving like is there anything he does that isn't staged um, or fake you know I, can i can i make one quick observation about that of course yeah, he's a child right um you know he's what is he 35 7 8 whatever he is he, you know he, he's a child um it, that whole generation Oh, it's just it's it's an Instagram thing, right? Oh, the whole world, just... the whole world is constructed around what you can share on social media. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And, and as assuming that nobody is gonna, I mean, it's like when we used to grab grab videos of John Kerry pulling up in his SUV to give a climate speech on the mall, right? Like back when you were alive. I remember that. Remember? I remember that. Yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah. thing. And he took it real personally yeah, too. I remember yeah. that. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the only way to travel for someone like me. So uh, anyway, so it, it, national, it, it, it I, you know, it's a generational thing. And I think the truth of the matter is, I thought about this quite a bit. I think those of us on this side of the divide can't comprehend it. We just you can't. mean on the age divide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just or the intelligence divide or yeah, which divide with, are we let's, talking let's about? Let's go with the because, age divide. We yeah, just we, we cannot comprehend living your life as if you are a movie star and everything has to be staged. We just, we're just like, but it's so it's, indicative of the green movement as well. It's like, it's like pull up behind the tree in your SUV with your detail. I saw that to pull the bike off the back so you can hop on it, put a helmet on and drive the 300 feet to the bike rack in front of the cabinet meeting. You know, the funny thing about that, when, when I, when I first, before I saw the suburban and all that other stuff. I thought to myself, he really rode a bike all the way from the Department of Transportation over the White House? Like, who in the security detail signed off on that, man? Because forget everything else. It's really not that far, that, by the way. It's, well, it's, it's pretty far. It's pretty far. It's like far. a mile No, and a it's half. further than that. I mean, the OT is right here by the stadium. Yeah. All the way up to the White House? That's, what, a, that's four good. miles. That's at least two miles. But it's not even that. It's two miles through some pretty hairy traffic. I'm like... It, the chances of getting clipped are good if you don't do it every day. And, and then I saw the the suburban. I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. All right. So Reason uh, just put out a piece. We'll put in the show notes. Uh, Biden administration retracts claim that 2.25 trillion infrastructure plan would create 19 million jobs. Too late. Too late. The crack troops at the Washington Times have already written their editorial and shared it with everybody. Too late. I, I think we. I think it actually linked to that but but let me uh let me just summarize biden said quote if his plan was passed the economy will create 19 million jobs good jobs blue collar jobs jobs that pay well over the next 10 years that's a technically accurate description of an analysis of the american jobs plan published by moody's analytics by the way moody's analytics is not a right-wing operation but it leaves out a major caveat without the passage of the american jobs act Moody's projects that the economy will create 16.3 million jobs in the next decade. In other words, the passage of Biden's infrastructure plan would boost job creation by about 2.7 million jobs, not 19. Oh, and 2.5 trillion to create 19 million jobs would have been about $118,000 of federal tax money per job. But... 2.7 million jobs gives that price tag a whopping $833,000 per job. Now, that, even by federal federal government standards, is a whopping amount of money for each job. Why don't they just write the check? We rounded it up to $900,000. Let's write the check. Because that's actually probably closer to the real number. And one of our, one of our, um, one of our crack listeners, Myron Ebel, pointed out to me that how much worse is it if you only get 10% of the jobs you expect to get? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, telling you, man, oh, this, yeah. just give everyone a check thing is yeah. starting to appeal to me. 900,000 bucks? Just give everyone 20K. Just give them 20K and say, from now on, we're not, we're going to, we're going to wipe out the tax code. No more. Give, okay, give corporations a prorated amount higher than that. 
and then let, let's flat let's wipe this if, thing out if, completely. If Andrew Yang was serious about universal basic income, that's exactly what he would he would argue. He'd be like, "Look, I can knock out the welfare state and the tax code all in one fell swoop," and every American on the right would be like, "Okay," because it wouldn't cost you anymore. It wouldn't cost you anymore. This nine hundred thousand bucks a job? Are you crazy? Have you lost your minds? There it is. Yeah, and of course they claim that that he buys that. Not one dime. I control not one dime. Will go to anybody who is not um, any any job or any company that's not American or anything that's American made. Yeah, you know how that's going to go. I mean, I have bad news for you. You can't buy enough steel in this country. Um, at the right time in the right place to do any of these projects, you got to buy them in India. You just gotta. That's just the way the world is. So this whole this whole thing, I, I have hesitated to say this, and I haven't written it yet, but I'm going to. We've seen the peak of this administration, I believe. Peak Biden. We've already seen peak Biden. Peak Biden. Not peak oil, but we've seen peak Biden. Not even peak coal yet, but we've seen peak Biden. All right. Anything else on the American Jobs Plan? Yeah, I just wanna. I just wanna say that. Uh, I'm grateful to the good Lord for making me a New York Yankee. You know, it did, we did a good job at the times on it. That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. Fair and we enough. Got, got it out last night in, in good order. And any any right thinking person will now repeat this talking point because it is the it is the central talking point of this entire conversation. Uh, I've got I've got a question for you, and I've got a question for our listeners. Yes. What is with the cackle? <laughs> What is with the cackle? I want to play this clip. Please do. All right, here we go. More people are seeing that, yeah, affordable childcare is a big deal. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids (laughs) and said, we're not paying them nearly enough. Again. What is with the cackle? It is a it's is that a nervous tick? Yeah, yeah, it's a nervous tick. Um it, it comes at the most inopportune. I know, times. I know. And, and that's why it, you know it, it, in a column a week or so ago I, I I referred to it as an unfortunate tick, right? Um because I went back and watched every every time she'd been asked a question on tape, it it, it it's every time, right? It's every time which tells you it's a tick. She has to think. Yeah, it tells you it's a tick. Well, I don't know about that. It's well, just she every has time. To, it's every time she's not given a yeah, yeah, yeah. canned but, but, answer. But it's a but it's a it's a tick and it's an unfortunate one because it um, is rough. Well, we're gonna have two primaries in two thousand twenty four, right? We're gonna have a Democratic primary, we're gonna have a Republican primary. She's yeah, gonna, Biden's running again. What are you talking she's, about? Even if Biden's running again, we're gonna have another primary. Um They're not gonna they're not she, gonna go after old Joe. Of course they will. Um he, he, He's as, the liberal line. He's as, the new FDR. As we pointed, we, He's the new FDR, we just Mr. Pointed McKenna. Out, we just pointed out 30 seconds ago no that, way. that that he has been he's at peak Biden. And by the way, if FDR is president now. They would definitely primary him. Anyway, we're going to have a primary. Current vice president's going to be out fairly early in that primary. I'll tell you that right now. Because either that or that tick or has either to Either she's going to be the president running for re-election. Doesn't, whatever she is, she's going to be out of the primary fairly early. That tick has got to go. It's not It's not sustainable. The tick or the- or the, the tick. Or, the, or Harris. The tick. Mm. Um, it, there's a reason she was out of the Democratic primary this time real quick. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't think it's fair, but I think it projects a certain amount of unseriousness. 
Which is funny coming from me because I'm not sure I'm serious about any of this stuff. <laughs> you got anything on your list here? I got three things on my All list. Right. Yeah, this is the Mike McKenna. This is the Mike McKenna round. Rapid, rapid round. Yeah, Stephen Breyer, um, 82 years old, Supreme Court justice. Um, Supreme Court justice gave a speech the other day in which he said that part of the problem with packing the court was that it would lead people to conclude the court was too political. Um, that he was very disturbed about everyone identifying judges by who they were had been appointed by and blah, blah, blah. The court has been, the court led by guys like Stephen Breyer have have become monolithic and political in the last 20 years. Um, again, if you don't want to be that person, then you shouldn't be that person. That's thing one. Um, uh, he also rejected the claim that this court was even conservative, which I think is gives a, a bit of a nod to Chief Justice sure. Roberts. Sure. Well, you know, so. I mean, look, you know, people, people appointed by, um, people appointed by President Bush are who they are. They are who they are, right? Um, and that's not just justices; that's everybody. Yeah, and and um, people, we, I mean, that wasn't even his first choice. Harriet Myers was his first choice, if you recall. I do I recall? I was like the only people who went on record saying it was a terrible pick. I got tut tutted for two days until they reeled who it knows? back in. Might have been better. Seriously, <laughs> maybe I made a mistake. You might, you um, might have made the mistake. So, um, so that that was one little bit of Washingtonia that I thought was interesting. There was a second bit of Washingtonia that popped today. Right. The National Association of Broadcasters chief lobbyist, a guy named Gordon Smith, is leaving. Oh, was that former Senator Gordon? I don't Smith? think so, but that's I don't know. That's a different Gordon Smith. I don't know, and that's the yeah. important. That's that's why I mentioned this, right? Because I was reading this story this morning. I was like, the powerful and prominent National Association of Broadcasters. I'm thinking to myself, I seriously can't think of a single issue on which no, anybody's it's... referred to the National Association of Broadcasters. Yeah, and it's the same with Gordon Smith. It is. See, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Okay. My point is this: in Washington, sometimes. We are on a tape delay from the rest of the country. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you actually watched broadcast television? Um, when, there's, when there is a sports game on it. Right. That I can't watch right. on MLB. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a little bit like the National Association of Buggy Whip Makers. You're like, yeah, I'm sure they're there somewhere, but... And the idea that they are powerful and important, and I was like, Gordon Smith, I wonder if that's the senator. And well, like, it's, he's replaced, going to be replaced by um, Curtis Legit. 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 L e g e y t. I I can't pronounce that last name, or I'm, I'm sure I butchered it. Legit. His, he, he's too legit to Curtis. He's too. <laughs> he's honored and humbled to be named the next of leader of this is. great organization. You know, I'm. I'm gonna. The first time somebody just gets up and says, "It's about damn time these these crackers <laughs> gave me this job," I'm actually surprised that that it was the baton was handed to a balding white male. I'm shocked. I, at, I'm shocked. It's at a that. National Association of Broadcasters. It's the It's you know it's the 1960s still in in that building. Anyway, it's Washingtonia, right? It's this is really important to approximately no one. Um, last thought. Justin Fairfax is a guy running for governor in the Commonwealth of Virginia. He's a Democrat. He's running in the Democratic primary. And last night, um, last night he attacked Terry McAuliffe, who is the front runner of that primary, and said that 
by not giving him due process when Lieutenant Governor Fairfax was accused of um, assaulting a woman, that McAuliffe had done to him what, what had been done to George Floyd and Emmett Till. Okay. Now, Twitter went bananas. Twitter went bananas. They're like, that. There, there's no way you can compare these two things. And uh, Justin Fairfax, I'm sorry, I probably should have started. This is an African-American, right? Um, uh, and he was, in fact, accused of sexually assaulting a woman. And it turned out later on that the, the accusations were, at the very minimum, overblown, right? Um, so he was right that McAuliffe had jumped out of the due process lane to attack him, right? Um, but the comparison seemed to be a bit over the top, and Twitter attacked Fairfax for it, right? The reason why I mention it is because this is going on all across the country. I'm not talking about the racial thing. Um, but what I am talking about is guys like Justin Fairfax who cannot win a statewide election in Virginia. He's too far to the left, right? Have the potential to rub out guys like Tara McAuliffe and leave the Democrats with um, a suboptimal candidate. Right. Well, um, I mean, it and, happens in reverse in places like California and Kansas. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's a it, logical it, extension of of the, the, I the hardening it, of the yeah. I mentioned it only because ideological I, screen, right. I mentioned so. it only because we rarely we rarely talk about the fact that the progressive left in the Democratic Party is almost uniformly people of color, and the moderates in the Democratic Party are almost uniformly um, white folks, and. That's not sustainable for any length of time. Something's going to have to give there. The fact that you'd run Terry McAuliffe out um, and use race, use a racial um, attack to do it, um, tells you that this game is starting to get pretty ugly, pretty serious, and pretty it's tough. What we talked about earlier, it's just, it's the, the it, they're going down a rabbit hole. Like yeah, when man. you start this process, it doesn't end. Yeah, man. You, right. Yeah. I mean, when, when you take out the one that you're after. It's like, oh, we can go back to we can go back to business as usual. We can go back to the old way now. No, it's impossible. No, it's not going to happen. The other, you know, the other bit of context on the Terry McAuliffe thing, right, is there are already two African American female legislators who were running for that when Terry got into the race, right? Jennifer McClellan from Arlington and Jennifer um, Foy, I think, is her last name. I think she's from the beach. There was a generalized sentiment on the left side of the Democratic Party that McAuliffe was jumping their route and, and he should have stayed out of it, right? So we are seeing in Virginia what we're probably going to see everywhere. We're going to see a... Um, you think the progressives are coordinating? One guy takes the, takes the, uh, takes uh, someone out... Yeah, and, and I'm okay and with that. Passes it, you know, but it's of, also a racialization of democratic yeah. politics, which is not healthy. Not well, good. I mean, all Republicans are racist. So, you know, some Democrats are... You know, it racist was a, it, too. It, it I was, guess it, maybe he, that's he, where we're going with this. Justin Fairfax so. didn't say that, but he also led everybody right up to that doorstep, and you know, he he lit that bag of, of flaming dog poop and left it right <laughs> on Terry McAuliffe's. Um, you know, all right. Speaking watch. of um, progressive progressive people saying outlandish things, I want to pull a quote from our your good friend AOC was on a don't even know what it's called, like a Facebook. Reddit video. Was it a Reddit? Slam jam or something. I don't know what they're called these days. But they were it was question time. And the questions flashed up on the screen and she was in her like, you know, casual wear, casual gear, and she was just sort of answering the questions. So this first question was, why are you not addressing the border crisis and the kids in cages like you used to? 
That was the question, and here's her response. Are you for real? So let's talk about this because so much of our national conversation, which is not a conversation uh, about immigration, is driven by people who could not care less about immigrants. So often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why are you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? <laughs> Adam, what do you say to that? What you, come uh, on. Come it's on. It's an imperialism crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. I, should I do a little more? Should, do you should, Do you think I should tell her that the only emperor that we've had in the, in the northern... North America has been the emperor of Mexico. I think I should mention that to her. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Hold on. Let me, let me see if there's a little bit more for this. And also, it's a carceral crisis because, as I have already said, even during this term and this president, our immigration system is based and designed on our carceral system. So those are some of the problems. What about the solution? Well, number one, our solutions need to be rooted in foreign policy because our interventionist history in foreign policy and history over decades of destabilizing regions drive people in my but people don't want to have that conversation. Secondly, let's talk about the climate crisis because the U.S. has disproportionately contributed to the total amount of emissions that is causing a planetary climate crisis right now. And But who is bearing the brunt of that? Disproportionately, it's actually not us. We help create the problem, but disproportionately, it's the global South. It's South Asia. It's Latin America that are going to be experiencing the floods, wildfires, and droughts in a disproportionate way, which ding, 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 has already started a migration crisis. That's so people don't has the virtue of being totally untrue. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, man, like I am, this is where people get their information Yeah, who yeah. are following her feed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Totally. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't completely understand what she means when she says the immigration system's based on the um, prison system in the United States because it's not comprehensible in anything that, that any language that I speak. So um, she's going to have to help me with that. And the climate change that to totally ridiculous, right? It's it. There's it's not every, a, there's, every, there's everybody. Not a, you think there's, about it like it's, it's everything is our fault, and every hot, every organizing. Yeah, framework yeah. every organizing narrative that they have yeah is how they bl what they blame it on yeah america's created the problem we need to fix it yeah the 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 biden the the thing at the border is um you had a sense of how bad it was when when mayorkas mayorkas who's made a career out of being uh, an open borders guy talked openly yesterday about having to build, rebuild some chunks of the wall, right? Uh, finish, some, finish some chunks of the wall. It's a total vitiation of everything the Democrats have said for the last 30 years about the wall. Oh, and, 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 and based their entire four years right. uh, and it, against right. the president, exactly. previous president, Donald J. Trump. That's right. Say his name. And the thing is, you know, if they go forward with that, and I think they're going to have to just to, just to stop the bleeding, it's going to be a huge problem for whoever runs for the Democratic primary in 2024. It's going to split the party. Um, and, and, you know, that's the thing about the thing about immigration yeah. is it, it splits the Democrats. It splits right? the Republicans a little bit, too. Well, OK, so there is a reason why there's a reason why Congressman Banks put immigration in there as thing number one. Right. Because 
he understands, I understand, the union guys understand, everybody understands, everybody who competes with the labor understands that illegal immigration um, puts steady downward pressure on wages, which is why companies like it of and course. workers don't. And, you know, the, the more explicit we can be about that, the better off we are. And, and that's a, I mean, that's I realize, a way to make a clean break from corporations sure, sure, and sure. also to... And he argues in the memo, none of this actually hurts us with, with, no, 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 with no. communities of color. No, why would it? Like, as as a friend of mine recently pointed out, the the most effective, one of the most effective advocates for legal immigration and against illegal immigration in our lifetimes has been Cesar Chavez. Right. I wonder who that friend was. Yeah, it was, it was a Californian. Um, <laughs> I, I refuse to credit anybody from the University of Southern California for having any good ideas, but um, Chavez understood what union guys understand now. The difference is union leadership now is just a wholly owned subsidiary of the Democratic Party, so they're not going to say any of that stuff. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the banks thing was about 45% home. It needed it needed it needed some work, but it was a good start. It needs a clean up, but... and, and the thing and the thing about it is is, you know, when you compare it to what Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez just offered up. It's... Well, other than like, just utter garbage. I mean, it, it, it's, are it, you rethinking her strategy or what? I yeah, mean, I think I am. You know, I, I, just, I get the feeling like she's, I think she needs some sleep. She's had some unvarnished. She's had she's yeah. had some some. She's had a bunch of months without and, and any feedback. Me, let me should do a shout out to any uh -oh. and all people who are either work for a, an elected representative, someone who is elected to represent us, citizenry, or even if you have been a former member or happened to be a current member, you got all kinds of power right Amen. now in the situation we're in as we speak. Amen. You have all kinds of power. You get together with a half a dozen people. You can get whatever you want. Why not go for it? Why are you sitting around letting these same old people tell you what's, how it's going to be and what you're going to do? Why? There's no reason for it. Yeah. There, you, you are no longer encumbered by a party system that doles out your checks. You can raise ungodly amounts of money from individuals, lots and lots of little checks. As a member of the House of Representatives, you are more powerful right now than you probably have been or will ever be in history. And the, and the same goes for the Senate. So why? Are, why? I mean, what is holding any of these people, even if they're not even in, in, on, our, on our side or they don't see the world the way we see the world, the bipartisan crew that we were talking about Problem uh, solvers. recently, these, Problem these crazy progressives, why, why isn't anybody wielding their clout right now? I don't get it. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, it's funny. I, I haven't been thinking about the Republicans. If you think about the banks thing, it was kind of a bold thing, man. Hey, man, here, here you go. I'm taking a, I'm taking, I'm making a bid to actually run this party here, right? Um, I liked it. I liked it. I have, I've been thinking about the Democrats for the last couple of days, actually, because Speaker Pelosi's margin is down to two votes now, right? Yes. Um, oh, and, and by the way, uh, this is something I didn't bring up. This is one of the reasons Democrats dropped their election contest in the Iowa House seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had to, right? It was it was going to look bad. And Elsie Hastings died, so pray for the repose of his soul. Um, I do. Yep. Yeah, so do I. Um, an, an interesting guy. 
I, impeach I, federal judge. I like the vibe, right? Okay, you can impeach me. I'm just going to run for office, right? It, Might it, as well. It, it, has a, it has a certain American flavor to it, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, you've seen the latest rumor on Trump. That he's going to. They take the House back in exchange for them voting for him for speaker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can think of no job for which he's less equipped. Yeah, well, I was um, going to say that requires a lot more work. Than yeah, I think yeah that actually, just to, to sit in the building, in sit in, in the building for twelve hours a yeah. day while he's in. No, um, I've been thinking about that with the Democrats. I don't have a good answer. I, 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 I'm not sure when I'm going to see a good answer. I, like you say, any five of these people could run the Democratic Party at them, and 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 maybe that's what it is with AOC, right? And the progressives, there's only about seven of them. They just look at it like, well, I'm just going to take ground until somebody stops me. They just like to talk, too, though. I feel like they just- Yeah, I mean, they, they, they talk I think too they much, just like but- to talk and talk and talk. Says and... guys on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> who, go, who run too long, which this one is. So, quick rapid rapid round. Murkowski, latest polling, double digit uh, That's behind a, the Republican. That's a legit poll. So- uh, Sustainable? What? What do you think? She I'm not sure. Rabbit out of her hat. Last go round. Yeah, you got the you got the final four that that go in to go forward to the general. I'm not sure how that story turns out, but it's going to be a. She's it's going to have to work for it at least. It I expect like. I expect an independent expenditure group on the Murkowski side to emerge here in the next 30 days. Right? I know they're putting it together, and that tells you something, right? When a senator needs an IE in their own an independent expenditure operation in their own state that they've run. That run and won three times, and whose dad ran twice before. They sense they sense the risk too. Uh, one more thing, I, I saw this on the Twitters. Uh, Samantha B was interviewed by Dan Rather on a Sirius XM podcast. <laughs> I know you're laughing, like why am I should? Why why? I'm just like that sentence is so I know. so. <laughs> just, but I want to play the clip real quick because I just I think it's perfect. It's, okay. it's hilarious. So. Uh, first of all, it's fun to hear Dan Rather in his, his very old now voice, but uh, just a real quick one here. Hold on. Do you or do you not find yourself sometimes at least tempted to kind of pull your punches? In other words, you, you uh, myself, and a lot of people right. are more or less free swingers, when, mm -hmm. uh, swingers against President Trump. But now that Biden's in, so I, I don't know. Do you find yourself sometimes saying, "Oh boy, there's a there's a nasty comedy bit I can unload on Biden," but I, saying to yourself, "I approve of him so much, I'm I'm going to pull this punch." Do you find that happening? I can't deny that that has happened. I mean, I, I I think that's I think that's probably true across the board. You're like, okay, well, we could be making jokes about we could be making jokes about the infrastructure plan, but in general, I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I mean, what am I, why would I <laughs> purposefully undermine something that is, seems to be a great idea? Yeah, I just thought I'd share wow. that. It just, just re reaffirms, you know, wow. pretty much what we know you already. Know, this and a 60 minutes thing. It's just, it's just, it's disappointing. It's discouraging. But uh, it's not surprising. King Cuomo is still alive. Uh, is we he gonna get, make we, it we or get, what? What do we give him? Like thirty days? I gave him thirty I, days. I can't, we'll have to go back and look. We'll ask the producers to drum up the number. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to wonder about this. Just keep plugging forward. He can probably make it through. Although I hear uh, Giuliani's son's going to run. Andrew Giuliani. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it, a, it, if it, our it. if our listeners could have seen the look on Mr. McKenna's face right now, they would have. I, I, he's not even the sharpest um, 
pencil in the Giuliani family box. So the Twitters are, are drawing comparisons to him and Gary Busey, just so you know. He's a very well-meaning person. Um, that it, look, Lee Zeldin, um, or at least Stefanik, would be my preference there. Uh, Mike Pence just set up a new group. I'm not on it. I'm not on the advisory Huge, board. Huge, massive advisory committee. Uh, everybody's on it. Get on that list. Everybody's What's the on deal? it except for me. What's the story, Mr. There? Vice President, and and the people who you work for, Mr. Teller, and Mr. Short? I just want to tell you, I'm completely saddened. Just saddened that I'm not on this advisory board. Well, we'll what do have I have to, to do? That. We'll who... have to fix. Paul Teller, if you're out there, you're listening. Mike McKenna is waiting to get his get his name put on the advisory board. You know, so other than, other than being a Yankee center fielder, it's it's my it's my dream. Get and on it, Mister Teller. It whatever. Everybody's on the damn thing. It's it's me and I think a couple of the waiters of the Cheesecake Factory are the only people not on it. All right, what else you got, sir? That's it for me. Okay, well, let's do clip of the day, shall we? <laughs> yes, we shall. All right. <laughs> I literally just pulled this one up while we were prepping, for, while we were getting ready here in the studio. Prepping. What a, what a generous phrase. Our, our two-minute prep session. So uh, uh, we are just, we are here. The Honorable Speaker Pelosi is giving us a brief update on Joe Biden's handling of the situation at the border. I'm relieved. The, uh, the fact is, is that uh, we're on a good path at the border under leadership of Joe Biden, President Biden. Uh, there is, it's about, it's about restructuring how we do what is happening there because we were in a very bad situation under the Trump administration. <laughs> I just, I don't really have anything to comment. That's it for us. Have a wonderful week, listeners. Give us your feedback, your suggestions. Thank you, Daniel. And you know who you are for shooting us some good information, which we'll continue to use when, uh, when we're back next week. Namaste. Hey.